Welcome to the journey of now with myself, Karis and Nick. And together we run our practice called the journey of now. A blend of bespoke coaching, human design and medicine for the soul. So this season we're focused on a non-BS approach to spirituality, self-development and expansion of the self in the most holistic and sustainable ways possible. Helping you cultivate presence, step into your power and dive into possibility. Welcome to your journey of now. Hey everyone, welcome back to the journey of now season two. We have a pug that is parading around being super clingy and um, may try to incorporate itself with heavy breathing, sniffing and unwanted affection as she is right now as she climbs on Karis. <laughs> In any case, um, Karis and I were, were kind of just, you know, rummaging through um, some experiences um, that we've encountered over the last couple of months. And there was a there was a key phrase that she said, and I was like, ah, we have to do a podcast. And it, it just sounded like <laughs> something really interesting to unpack here. Uh-huh. And um, we're just seeing where this goes and just flowing with it. I think you just like taking the statements that I make, and the more controversial they are, you're like, oh my gosh, let's do a podcast. And I'm that's like, it. I'm having to get comfortable with my purpose of just taking no, your statements yeah, and creating also podcasts. Like being out of more it. polarizing in, yeah. in what I share because I think. You know, it's expressing things to you on an intimate level in terms of like the conversations that we have amongst each other. Obviously, I'm really freaking comfortable, but like sharing. That, that's all the good stuff. That, I know, that's where the, the I magic know, is. I know, so, so, so we, we, we are progressively um, opening you in. and le- letting you <laughs> into the, to the, the normal, um, well, our version of normal conversations. Um, cause to we a can, degree. To a degree. To a degree. Um, to to where we you know we we explore you know emotions, reality, perceptions, and but always remember my mouth is for my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 key statement was the facade of happiness. Well, I think that the the statement that made you want to start the podcast was when I just said fake people are like fake orgasms. There's really yeah. no point. Also, just like where does it what is what does a fake orgasm get you, Nick? In actual fact, because like you on the uh, uh, in terms of like uh, how do I, s- Chloe? <laughs> We're trying to do some work here. Stop chewing my ear. Nick, talk to your dog. Please. Chloe, boundaries. Did you read my blog on boundaries? <laughs> <laughs> I recently just updated it. <laughs> you should check it out, Chloe. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link. Um, now she's playing dead on the corner of the couch and looking away because I'm scolding her. <laughs> anyway. No, but like back at it in terms of being the person who's faking the orgasm, you're not getting any satisfaction out of it. And also the person who thinks that they've given you a real orgasm, there's no feedback in terms of like what can actually be improved or what can't be so that it doesn't give anybody a chance. And it's the same thing with interactions with people who choose to hold up that facade of happiness or realness or whatever persona they have going on. And it's so fucking tiring. Yeah. It is the, like it is it is one of the most 
tiresome things to like to observe within someone with like my life is perfect. I have the perfect relationship. I have everything that I need on paper, yet I am denying it all by not allowing myself a space, a moment of vulnerability. Because I, mm. I see that there's a direct correlation between happiness, perfectionism, and Chloe jumping on me. She's People are not wanting to share, share the innards, let alone with anyone else, but with themselves. And there was a, there was a quote by Brene Brown, which was some, something in, in, in the lines of people seek to find vulnerability in everyone else. That's like the first thing that they go for. Yet it is the last thing that they want to show anyone. And it's going in with this thing of, I am armored. I'm going to give off the persona or the mask of perfection and that everything is fucking hunky-dory. I'm perfectly... No, but I fully agree with you. Just to reflect back on the interactions that we've had that have really shown this. Um, and also, you know, you also know when you're acting with people who aren't at home within themselves and not by any means am I sitting here on the pedestal of realness and saying I'm the mm. first real I'm not judging anyone for where they are because we're all doing the best that we can in order to survive but that's not where I want to live in girl I want to live in thrive <laughs> yes no but what I wanted to say is just mm. so we met people a few months ago but what happened was that you know on paper it looked like in terms of what their life looked like, it looked like everything we wanted and that we put on paper, you know? So it was like, you know, you go into the space and it's like, fuck, this is amazing. This is incredible that you built this. And then you had this beautiful dynamic Fairy tale. With, your, yeah, with your family. And the whole time I said that, like I said to you, my guides were like, just look a bit closer. And I was like, no, this is amazing. What do you mean look closer? And every time it was just look closer and you don't have to do anything. People will show you who they are. And it was probably one of the biggest lessons we've learned within our business and in our personal lives. But also just mm. in terms of the whole facade of are you actually happy or not? Mm. Because if you're putting all your energy towards this front or this persona of, oh, I'm really strong and I do everything for everyone, but I really enjoy it. And people say that I'm like sunshine and I'm always happy and chirpy and making jokes. But on the inside... You are in excruciating pain because you are denying your human in the human experience. So, and I, I did this for a long time. Mm. We both did. So We work with people every single day that are doing the exact same thing. The pandemic right now mm -hmm. is I find that people are not wanting to feel their feelings. It's a world of, pe of, of individuals that are avoiding, yeah. like I said, the innards of themselves. They are avoiding opening the door to themselves, not even to their partner or their kids or whoever they are sharing their life with, they are just not sharing themselves with themselves. And it's, it, it comes back to this, this thing of vulnerability. It comes back to this armor that we, we build, you know, around ourselves. And in this armor, 
we portray the best version or idealized version or mm. constructed version. And I'm pretty sure individuals may be listening to this today. I mean, masking. You have all these different personas and sometimes it's a multitude of different masks that you're placing, you know, uh, you're putting them on depending on who you're interacting with and when you're interacting, what is the the event, depending on what the needs and ideals are of that event or uh, group of individuals. But the 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 thing which I feel that creates the most pain other than that, which I mean, fine, I mean, most people do that to a degree. It's a it's it's something which we've done and evolved with and you can use it to your advantage. But the problem is when you are unable to take that mask off with yourself. Yeah. I I think even just reflecting back to something that really triggered a conversation within myself with us was something that January Hashi said, you know, we wear these different hats within our lives. You know, the hat of motherhood, the hat of like business woman or the hat of the wife or like all of those things the good daughter the sister all of the roles that we have in our life but the thing is if you're going to divide every aspect of your life and show up differently in all of these roles of course you're going to feel like you're going mad on some level because how can you be completely present in all of these roles when they're not actually who you are I was really confronted in that moment because what it does is that it's it's going to show you I think almost when you really sit with things and you sit in your vulnerability and you start opening your heart to everything that you need to feel and see within yourself it firstly shows you who you are and it just depends on the type of life that you want to live. And for me, integrity and authenticity is a big value. And it was this whole journey of crafting my life so that I'm not showing up in a role. And I am who I am in every aspect of my life, in my relationship with my children, in my relationship with my clients, in my relationship with you. And obviously the degree of intimacy is going to shift depending on who I'm with. So it's not necessarily that I change but in terms of like the level yeah. of intimacy that I feel with people, like that is going to shift. And so there's a like, I mean, really feel the difference with that versus, oh, I'm a mother now, or like I have to go into wife mode, or I have to go into roll, homemaker mode. Roll, roll. And so, roll. I mean, this yeah. is when you hear from people, oh, how come you know he treats everyone else around him, he treats strangers better than he treats the people that actually love him. And so how often do we hear things like that within our client bases and even amongst the conversations that we've had within ourselves when we were very early on in our healing journey? You know, we would give the best to everyone else. And then what are the people that are like that really needed? What are they left with? They live with the unmasked version of you that's too exhausted to actually show up in your own life. And and then what? It's the, it's the worst of the worst of you. So, it's the tired the fearful, the dysregulated. It's that version of self that is just seeking love and validation and care and compassion, but it's not getting it from you. And now you're reacting. You're reacting to the people closest to you because you feel safe enough to share that. It might not even come through directly. Mm-hmm. It's like you're indirectly sharing what you feel like inside because you don't know how to work through those emotions so you externalize it to find some form of reprieve or to be seen or to be witnessed. And, you know, just tying into this idea of perfectionism, and I think Brene Brown really put this together so well. And I actually want to just read two little bits of this book, Daring Greatly, where she said, perfectionism is a form of shame 
Where we struggle with perfectionism, we struggle with shame. Mm. And that ties into shame of being vulnerable or looking at those parts of ourselves or really recognizing that we are wanting a more intimate relationship with ourselves. And then, honestly, this, this one was just to the point. And perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. Beautifully said. And you sit with that. And you sit with that and you are trying to, you know, create this perfect facade of that I am happy, my mask of happiness. I am this role. I am now a role. And you dehumanize yourself through all these masks and layers that you place upon yourself. And the more armor that is mm -hmm. placed around you to protect yourself from these painful feelings, the further away you feel from yourself, the more disconnected you are, the, the more that you are in this void that you are avoiding. And then it feels like it's this perpetual cycle. These big feelings come up, oh, let me just jump into my role. And then you have these moments where you crash because it's not sustainable, because it's not human. Just as you cannot be going at 120 kilometers an hour every single day because you're going to run out of fuel, you are going to crash and burn. The tires are going to need to be changed. The oil is going to need to be changed. The car is going to be need, need to be refueled. At some point, it's going to stop. And if you're doing it for years and years and years and years on end, and there are people that are passengers in that car and that car stops, they're going to feel it because you are going to implode or explode. That's a beautiful visual of that depiction. And I also just wanted to share from a personal point of where I'm sitting right now is you know, sometimes you think, how do I say this? It's like you, you also become attached to different versions of you. And so instead of sitting with perfectionism and like, how do I heal this wound? It's like, rather sit with what your relationship is to judgment and shame within yourself. And then automatically perfectionism like almost falls away because the more comfortable you are with like sitting in your shame and in the things that you don't want to look at. Yeah the more that the shame loses its grip on you. And it, it's not a monster. It's just it's just trying to show you, hey, like this isn't, this is not who you are. And just like sit, get comfortable and sit in it. And that's something that I'm having to learn on a deeper and deeper level. And so even though you think, okay, I've reached the summit of this, you get to Mount Everest and then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, there are way bigger mountains and way um, more difficult summits that I still need to go with. And there myself. are crevasses. Yeah. Like nobody's business. So. <laughs> and sometimes you're walking in the snow and you step on a very thin slab of ice that's covering a crevasse and then you just go through it and there you go. I thought you were going to give a really like... A cuck analogy, but okay, that makes no, sense. There, there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't know how you're going to get back up or when you're going to get yeah. back up, but it's just, it's like, well, I'm fucking here right now. I need to feel it. I cannot escape it. And that's normally when you're at that moment where you are wanting to reach for the bottle of alcohol, or you're wanting yeah. to dive deeper into your games, or you're wanting to sit and watch Netflix for the next 48 hours, or you're wanting to avoid all these things that is just trying to point you back to yourself because you are <sighs> avoiding your feelings. You are avoiding parts of you that are just seeking 
love, compassion, and a space to be seen and heard. For sure. I think, um, I mean, we'll probably talk about this at a, on a deeper level in a few weeks, but we've just moved through a miscarriage. And for me, I think it unraveled everything that I thought I was. And fucking February was really <laughs> fuck around and find out. I don't, yeah. Um, and yeah. so it's almost like, okay, it's shown me again who I'm not. And now I've had to find a, like a different level of like authenticity within myself and getting comfortable in that crevasse, like you said. And um, even in that limbo space with the things that people don't want to sit in. And it's like, am I going to go on another plant medicine journey because I'm not comfortable in sitting here? Or am I going to go and do some sort of process? And nothing in me wants to do that right now. And I'm honoring that process. And it doesn't, it's, it's not. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't like it at all. Like, I just exactly. want to get out. But I know the more that I fight this process, the longer it's going to stay. And a lot of the times what we'll do when we're stuck in this process of like, it is a death. It is an ego death. It's like a thing of like, when you choose to commit to this path, it's every day you have to accept there's a part of you that is going to die because that's not what you were. That's just what you attached yourself to. And so it's this thing of, it's just a deeper, not even becoming who you are, but like embracing who you are. And it doesn't need to be this this violent process of cutting all parts of you because that's what I thought it was. And a lot of the times those processes and the things that you are like, okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna sit in this, so how can I get out of it? It almost uh, it makes it longer. And then you think that you're out of it because you experience this like high moment of relief. Yeah. Momentary reprieve. That doesn't mean that you fixed anything. To, to be honest with you, I've had so many of these conversations where guys are just like, please do a process with me. Let's do an NLP process. Let's do this. And it's literally like, hey, brother, the process is you sitting with it. And we can talk about it and we can unpack. Yeah. But it is coming in there with that compassion. It's coming in there and like really looking at yourself with kinder eyes. And like bringing that tenderness yeah, Yes. In. Because I feel like I said to you before, you know, when you do all these processes, what ends up happening is that it cements to your inner child and to you that what you're experiencing shouldn't be experienced. It's a problem. Yeah. That you are a problem. That you need to do a process to get you it away. You are broken. Yeah. It cements in how we were parented. Where it's yep. like, you've done something wrong, or how can I fix this? How can I get it away? Because fix it's your face. not something that I want to look at. Yeah, fix your face. Well, I'll fix it for you. <laughs> and so it's like really looking at why are you tapping? Why are you doing any of these processes? Because if it's because you're uncomfortable with what you're sitting in, then it's not going to help you. It might put a little band-aid on it. And then six months later, you're in the shits again. Again. On and, a it's, deeper and it's worse, level, yeah. And it's going to compound. Again and again and again and again. No, and I fully agree with that. And kind of coming to... to a question that I actually want to pose to you and then I'll, I'll answer it next is, what is happiness? For me? Yeah, what is happiness for you? Mm, well, happiness for me, I think, equates to like not feeling any fear and um, 
Yeah. So the absence of fear. Yeah, that's that's okay. what I. That's, that's how you see I, it. Even, yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, then, and then, what is joy? The absence of, for me, the language that comes up is liberation. Okay. It's not the absence of anything. Okay, I so, like that. That's nice, interesting. Liberation, for me, happiness, and and this maybe can ring true for individuals. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is external. Yeah. Happiness is a momentary thing. Joy, however, is more spiritual. Mm-hmm. It is. It is just you being, it is the mundane, it is the, you know, the nostalgic moments, it is just being in the pulse of life and just experiencing life itself. And when you're tapped in, tuned in and turned on to that, if you're turned on to life, you are joyful. If you're turned on to yourself, you are joyful. Because you're present. Yep. And that's, that's what I want to really leave you with today who whatever traveler pondered and wondered and found this podcast. Um, you're on your path right now. You are on your journey. Maybe you are taking a break. Maybe you are exhausted. Maybe you are burnt out. Maybe you're asking so many different questions. Maybe this podcast hit home or this conversation hit home in a different way. And you're like, well, am I actually really happy? Am I joyful? And if there was a step one, it is firstly just cultivating the awareness of just where you are at at this moment. Having honest conversations. With yourself. Yeah. And and being really real and saying, well, I mean, goodness me, I'm, I, I feel really tired after coming home from work. And it's not the work itself, it's just the person that I have to be at work. Or I feel really tired and drawn out when I'm with certain people. It's because of the person that I have to be. And why do... Why am I scared of showing mm-hmm. that vulnerable version of myself or that intimate version of myself with them? And if that is the case, how can I start maybe showing that to myself first so I can get comfortable with that? Yeah. And meeting that with love and compassion. And this isn't a, I'm going to sit in journal for a weekend. This yeah. is a day in, day out process where you're going to have to catch yourself here and there. And it's, it is very, very uncomfortable. But I mean, it's also the same process with the whole, yeah. I really like like that, you know, people can compare it to almost the process of how to actually stop faking your orgasms, whether it's with a partner, most likely with a partner. It's like you need to sit and have the, unconvers- the uncomfortable conversation with why you feel your needs aren't being met. Okay. Yeah. Like diving and, into that. And, and then you advocate. And then you yeah. both work at it together. Yeah. In terms of like, hey, this is working for me. This isn't working for me. This is what I'd like to explore more of. Them saying, I'm not comfortable with that, but like, I'm. Let's find a fifty-fifty where we both are are good with. You so. can't fake an orgasm with yourself. No, and that's the thing. That's the that's the irony of this whole thing. And you know, if you're faking, exactly. your happiness. So I, I really love the visual of that, but I think also in the of world... Of the orgasm. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, the... the, the oh, shit, I'm unhappy. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, essentially, like, when you are your full self, that liberation and that dopamine release that comes from your system and the oxytocin and how you feel like living sunshine is like you're a living orgasm just going everywhere and you just Maybe feel that's really what good. joy is. I know. <laughs> in that orgasmic state of life. Yeah, I was going to go for like... Instead of saying organism, like a living uh, orga- orgasmism. No, Nick, no, no. <laughs> orgasmism. Okay. 
you're gonna need to work on that a little bit. I love you, but like you're that gonna was a need good to work dad on that. joke. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So I'm leaving that in here. Leave Just, it in there. I'm not gonna edit I'm it. I'm proud of that. It's I've fine. never I'm used not, that before. That is fresh content. Oh, good for you. Thank um, you. I just, I wanted to say we're living in a world right now where everything is available, okay? And also the amount of distraction from yourself is also there. It's never been this high. And so when everything is available, but all you actually need to do is nothing. Be the contrarian. Your favorite thing. Yes, you need to be, like right now, like everyone is looking this way, why are you not looking the other way? <laughs> everyone is doing, why are you not being? Everyone is running, something. why are you not walking? Question. 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 Question, question. question. And you feel it. You'll feel it in your bones. You'll feel like I'm being swept up in a wave that is not me. And it's when you're able to just stand still with yourself and have these honest conversations that you really begin to free yourself of all these ideas ideals and personas and be it one mask at a time one day at a time one week at a time one month at a time it's a step-by-step process so that being said i hope that there was something here that met you and you have your step one and yeah may you have a beautiful week and thank you for taking the time to share a moment with us on your journey of now On your journey of now. Until next time, people. Much love.